0: Good morning, Woodmont. Welcome to worship on this third Sunday of Advent. I wanna remind you that again, this Wednesday night, we are gonna offer uh, small group tours of uh, the new building. Uh, It's not totally finished, but if you'd like to come at 4, 4.30 or 5, come to the gathering hall, um, bring your mask, wear your mask, and you can come and see uh, the new building that is getting closer and closer uh, to being done. Would you join me for a word of prayer this morning? Loving God, open our hearts and minds, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today we light the third candle on the Advent wreath, and we continue our journey uh, towards Christmas Day, and this is the candle uh, for joy. And this year we are aware that Christmas is going to be hard for many people. There will be some empty chairs around the table this year. Many families will not be able to come together. They might just see each other from a distance or on Zoom or on a screen. Many people are sick as the pandemic presses on and cases continue to rise. So I think it's fitting that in foretelling the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah writes the following words. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. This year we might find ourselves asking the question, Can Christmas still be magical in a world that is grieving and suffering? Can it still bring hope in a world that often feels hopeless? How do we celebrate Christmas in a world where all is not well in the lives of so many people? People that are homeless or unemployed or sick, hungry, grieving. People who are lonely, sad, depressed, living in despair. But when you stop and think about it, the question is really not how can we celebrate Christmas in a world like this, but it's how we desperately need Christmas in a world like this, at a time like this, a world where there is so much darkness and pain and grief and depression and addiction, where people are struggling, a world like this needs the hope. That Christmas brings. Christmas brings hope into our lives, into our families, into our marriages, into our friendships, into our daily existence, so we can find meaning and press forward and press on. The prophet Micah, in one of our texts this morning, foretells the birth of Christ by saying, "He shall judge between many people." and shall arbitrate between strong nations far away. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. Jesus brings peace and we talked about peace last week. Peace into our hearts and peace into our world. It's probably Luke's account of the birth narrative that is the most well-known, the most famous of the birth narratives. Mary and Joseph had traveled from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem to be a part of the census that was mandated by Caesar Augustus. So they made the 80-mile journey very late in Mary's pregnancy. And while they were in Bethlehem, it came time for her to deliver the child. Because of the census, Bethlehem was very crowded. There were many people that had traveled from all over the region. And so the only place that they could find to sleep was in a stable because there was no room in the inn. The inn was full. Luke also tells us that there were shepherds living in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. When suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, And they were absolutely terrified, Luke says. That was until they heard the wonderful news. Do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news of a great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You shall find the babe wrapped in bands of cloth and swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So they went with Bethlehem, and when they arrived, sure enough, they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is joy? And how do we experience joy this Christmas? A Christmas that's going to be very different. What did the angel mean when he said, I bring you good news of a great joy for all the people? Five years ago, 2015, Archbishop Desmond Tutu traveled to India uh, to visit his good friend, the Dalai Lama, who was celebrating his 80th birthday. Uh, The two had not seen each other in some time, and they wanted to reconnect, and so their visit and their dialogue was captured in this great book uh, that's called The Book of Joy. It's a great Christmas present uh, if you're still looking for a, a gift for somebody. The book is called The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. Both of these men have incredible spiritual insight and personal experience into what it means to experience joy even in the face of suffering, because both of them have suffered. The Dalai Lama says, everyone seeks happiness, joyfulness, but from the outside, from money, from power, from big car, from big house, Most people never pay much attention to the ultimate source of a happy life, which is the inside, not the outside. We look for joy and happiness in all the wrong places, and then we always feel disappointed when we don't find it. But we have to understand that there is a fundamental difference in life between happiness and joy. Happiness is fleeting. It's tied to circumstances that are often out of our control. It's a pretty day. It's a nice vacation. It's a promotion, a bonus at work. But happiness comes and goes. It usually doesn't stick around. it's, it's, It's fleeting. But joy comes from a much deeper place. We don't necessarily have to be happy to experience joy. In fact, Sometimes we can't even explain the things in life that give us a sense of inner joy. Real joy is is overwhelming. It's all encompassing. It's a feeling deep within our core that although there may be problems in life, although there may be hurt in life, although there may be pain and, and suffering in life, everything is going to be okay. In the book, Bishop Tutu and the Dalai Lama talk about the things that keep us from experiencing joy. It's many of the same things that keep us from experiencing peace. There's fear and anxiety. Archbishop Tutu says, courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. We all have fear. It's part of the human condition. We're afraid of the virus. We're afraid of death. We're afraid that our loved ones will get sick. But fear has always been there. The question is, will we have the courage to act in the face of fear, to not let our fear overwhelm us and paralyze us? They talk about frustration and anger. Fear, anger, and frustration are are all related. Some people have a much harder time dealing with anger than others. But doctors will tell you that constant fear and constant anger does physiological harm. The Dalai Lama says a healthy mind is a calm mind. Fear and anger are destroyers of a calm mind. Then you realize that anger is no use in solving problems. It will not help. It only creates more problems. Anger is is tied to fear. But when we get angry, we will say and do things that we regret. We will damage relationships, and sometimes that damage cannot be undone. They talk about despair and suffering, and there's been a lot of suffering this year. Archbishop Tutu says, yes, there are many things that can depress us, but there are also many things that are fantastic about our world, but the media often does not report on them. The truth is, suffering forms character. Whenever we suffer in life, whenever we go through difficult times, we grow stronger. The goal is to always hold on to hope. Because as Paul writes in the Bible, hope does not disappoint us. Now in the book, these two men name eight pillars of joy. And the eight pillars include perspective, humility, humor, acceptance, forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, and generosity. Let me say those again. Perspective, humility, humor, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude, compassion, and generosity. And if you want to read about those, I would encourage you uh, to get the book because they talk about each one of those. But today, what I'd like to do is share with you just some general thoughts about joy and how we can experience more joy in our lives this Christmas season, despite everything that's happening around us. The first thought is this. Joy is found in learning to be present. We will never experience joy until we learn to live in the present moment. As Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring troubles of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. If we don't learn to live in the present, then we will not experience joy. Joy can only be found in the moment. And because so many people have a hard time living in the moment, there's a shortage of joy. Western culture is so busy and so hurried that we don't do well living in the moment, being present in the moment so this means that we have to pay attention to what we are doing we have to slow down we have to listen joy secondly joy is found in people and not things there are many false assumptions in our culture and one of them is that money and stuff will fulfill us i hope you get some amazing presents this year for Christmas. Everybody deserves to get some good gifts after this year, 2020. But the money and the stuff never fulfills us except for a short period of time. It might make us happy for a little while, but it always goes away because there's always something newer and bigger and better to get. There's always somebody else who has more than we do. And we say, well, well, why can't I have that? Or why can't I have that? Joy is found in relationships with people. Joy is found in serving. Joy is found in being part of a community. So, if you think about it, here are some of the things that I think bring us joy in life building and sustaining a marriage or a relationship over time, raising children. Getting involved and invested in the church and its ministries. Growing a friendship over time. They say that that friendship is like wine. It just gets better with age. Serving the less fortunate. Sacrificing for the sake of others. Being honest with the people that we love. This is where we find joy. Joy. So we can say that, that, that joy is found when we invest in each other, when we share life together. Jonathan Haidt says that, that, that happiness, joy, deep joy is found in between, in our relationships, in our connections that we have with people and how we share and live life together. Third thought this morning, joy comes When we open our hearts and our minds to the mystery of God and how God came to earth in human form. What does that mean? It means this, I think. If you're tired of living the same old life, if you're tired of doing the same old thing, going the same old places and saying the same old words, then stop. Stop and make some changes and open your heart to the mystery of God's presence. You know, some of us are so busy and and tired and stressed and exhausted, especially during December, that we don't stop to pray, to reflect, to be in God's presence, to let God love us and to let God speak to us. My four year old climbed up in my lap this morning before I came to work and, and he just wanted me to sing some Christmas carols to him and so I did. And that gave me joy, joy in the moment. But this takes work to focus like that, to be present like that, but it's always worth it. Lastly, this morning, I think joy comes when we realize that no matter what happens in life, no matter what transpires, no matter what goes on, no matter how bad things may get, God is present and God will get us through it. And we can count on that. When I did my uh, doctoral work at at Sewanee a number of years ago, I, I did a lot of research on a guy named Stanley Harawas. He was an ethicist at Duke. He's retired now. And I got to spend some time with him one summer up on the mountain. He was, uh, he was the guest lecturer and I uh, got to, uh, to be around him for a while. But Harawas says this uh, in one of his books. He says, joy always comes to us in a form that we hardly expect. Joy is the disposition that comes from our readiness always to be surprised Or put even more strongly, joy is the disposition that comes from our realization that we can trust in surprises for the sustaining of our lives, where we learn to see the simple and most common aspects of our existence, such as our friends, our spouses, our children, as sheer gifts to which we have no right, but who are nonetheless present to us. You see, God will show up when you least expect it, but you have to be ready. You have to pay attention. And that's when we feel joy. And joy is much deeper than happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is lasting. Happiness depends on external things. Joy is internal. Happiness comes and goes, but joy sticks with us. Happiness is a part of joy, but joy goes much deeper than happiness. We can and should be joyful even during a year like this, a year that's been really hard, a year when many people are weary. We need to hear those words of the angel. I bring you good news of a great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Through Jesus Christ, the divine became human. The eternal appeared in time. The creator became a part of creation. Or as John writes so beautifully in the fourth gospel, the word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and full of truth. I'll close with this story. Years ago, there was a, uh, an older professor taught at Harvard Divinity School, and he was being ridiculed and criticized because he believed in the virgin birth. Some of the younger professors were mocking him and making fun of him. And so one day, one of his younger colleagues came and challenged the old professor for holding what was regarded as an intellectually irresponsible position. And the younger professor said, do you mean to tell me that if some young woman in Boston came into the hospital and said that, that she was going to have a baby and that she was a virgin and that an angel had appeared to her, you would believe it? The old professor hesitated for a few moments. He thought for a while and then he slowly answered. He said, No. No, I probably wouldn't believe her story. I'd probably dismiss her words. But I tell you one thing for certain. If that baby grew up to manhood, and if his teachings changed the whole course of history, if he grew up and died on a cross and eventually rose from the dead, and if over 2000 years later, one third of the world's population called him Lord and Savior, if that happened, then I think I might give her story a second hearing. Good news of a great joy for all the people. Amen.